Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 164 of the podcast. Took a little uh, late spring break, I guess you want to call it. We've been busy. I know I've been busy. Anthony's been busy. So, But we're back at it. And uh, hey, it's amazing what two weeks or three weeks does to a baseball season. It changes your entire perspective. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, it's amazing. Time is flying by. It's already almost the end of June. Yeah. And the All-Star breaks in less than a month. Yeah. That's in- yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's June 15th today and in the middle of June. It's a weird year, isn't it? I mean, when you, uh, it seems to me everything's just late. It has been like two weeks delayed than your normal time of the year. It mm-hmm. just seems like we're, you know, I don't know if that means we're going to have an extended summer in a sense into may, late September this year or oh, not. Oh, yeah. I, but I'd it imagine. just seems like everything's delayed by about two weeks. Well, remember, we had, I'm not sure if we've had a worse month of May in the last 10 years we oh, did this year. I it was what, just awful. Last year was pretty bad, too. It just rained every day last year. I mean, it was cold and yeah. rainy. It was just miserable this year. Yeah, and, just, and that's what I'm saying. It seems like there's been like a two-week delay than we oh, normally yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to believe. But, yeah, we, uh, basically a third of the baseball season has been played. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite honest with you, if you're a Cleveland Guardian fan, you're not disappointed. You're above 500. You're, you know, injuries hit every team. You work through it in different parts, and in the process, you get to see some players you don't necessarily expect to see, mm-hmm. and you get to evaluate them at the at the major league level. I've been basically passable grades for most of the players that have come through. Mm-hmm. Nothing great. I wouldn't say, oh, my God, he's the next all-star. He's yeah. the number one pitcher coming up. No, 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 none of that. No. Uh, are they doing the job that you expect them to do? And I, and I do. I think they have. I don't think any of them, I would say, is um, a person where you would say, yeah, I like this. Well, let me, I'll, I'll say this. I think the one player that has been made it to the major league level that has changed my my thought process mm-hmm. on the outfield is Gonzalez. I think long term, there's a, there's a player there. Mm-hmm. Now, when do we get there? Is it a, by the end of this season, mm-hmm. the end of next season? Um, you know, does the less of the league catch up to him? Is, is he able to make those adjustments quickly? Uh, you know, of the players, everyday players, non-pitchers, mm-hmm. he's the only one in the minor leagues that come up in the last two, maybe three seasons that shows a numbers that you hoped could be replicated at the major league level. I mean, he was not a home run hitter. They changed the swing a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had 31 last year. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a double A. And he had nine right. this year before he got caught up in triple right. A. Yeah. And you know, let's face it, they needed the bat, and this lineup needs another bat. And we could talk about that. Yeah, they need a right-hand stick. Oh, they it, just, they, there's two positions available. To upgrade Mm -hmm. a bat. And that basically comes down to, in my eyes, outfield and catcher. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody else, we have a position for. Now, we may not have the best player at that position yet. I'm not saying you can't upgrade second base. Mm-hmm. not saying you can't upgrade left field or right field. Or, uh, we pretty much know that Straw can play better as an offensive player at center field. Hey, and, and hopefully he to. will. Has to. Yeah, hopefully he will. He, he's just center fielder. He's not going anywhere. I would not start him every day right now. Yeah, well, then again, here's he's an automatic here's, out. Well, it does. Again, it's not that he's an automatic out. You don't have anybody better. I'd put Oscar Mercado out there. He's worse. No, he's not. He's absolutely no. He's at best. Mer- he's at best a fourth or fifth outfielder. If you give Mercado everyday playing time like Straw, he's he'll bat about two two twenty five. And Straw won't crack 200 this year. Uh, he's right now 215, but I understand what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, I'd rather have Mercado out there because you get a little I, more pop. A defense, you're getting the same. No, you're getting worse. You're, 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 getting you're, the you're, same. you're dropping. I'll take you're a dropping bit. from an A level to about a, a C plus. I'll take a B level defender. Yeah, but he's not a B level defender. Yeah, he is. He's a C. He's average, maybe a little better, but an I average. Am, I would give Miles Straw two more months, and I'd DFA him. I can't stand him. Well, he's not going nowhere. I think he's that. That to me might be the worst signing we made this year. Uh, we'll wait and the, see. We'll wait the extension see. could come back. Um, I'm you not, know, because everybody's hating on Phil Maton. You could, you could use a Phil Maton in the bullpen right now. I would make that trade over and over again. I will. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, I absolutely. Would. Because Phil Maton, as much as I agree, is a is a quality. He's pitcher. a mediocre arm. He's a bullpen. quality pitcher. Yeah. He's a quality. You got a legitimate major league outfielder. Is he a legitimate major league outfielder oh, yeah. though? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because he's Look, not. I'm not going to disagree yet. that his bat is disappointing, but I never expected more than about 260 bat out of the guy. And I'm I just, just being want honest. 200. Well, he's batting 215. So, right now, going into today, Miles I believe Straw, he was batting 215. He was hitting 212. All right. Seven RBIs, which is less yeah. than Oscar Gonzalez. And Gonzalez oh, has. I agree. Look. An eighth of the at bat. And again, you can't. It's. All right. He's left all right. 78 all right. men uh, let's on base. Stop for a second. I'm not disagreeing with you that he's been disappointing with the bat. Okay. What I'm saying is. Oscar uh, Gonzalez is batting fifth and sixth in the lineup, while Straw is consistently yeah. batting leadoff. Different positions, yeah, different opportunities, and you know and you're I'm not relying Gonzalez yet either. I'm giving you know, him a no, year my or point, so. My point, my point is, your top of your order is usually the strongest part of your lineup. Mm-hmm. There's no question. When you see, you know, a Ramirez bat in front of him and stuff like that, you're getting legitimate people on base in front mm-hmm. of him. At the end of the lineup, the seventh, eighth, and ninth hitters in this lineup are weak, yep, generally are. speaking. So there's nobody on base when Straw does come up to the plate. So he's not going to have the RBI opportunities. So it's tough to compare those two players. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not comparing Gonzalez. Well, well you're, you're, you're comparing Gonz- his numbers, and that's the difference. Well, I'm not sold on Gonzalez yet because I will not. I'm not sold on Quan. I'm not sold on Gonzalez. I'm not sold on Palacios because I've seen well the Indians outfielders right. come out and be 
hot to start and then just fall off the earth cratering. Zimmer Again, and Naquin sort of They're so young. Better. They're, this is where I think you um, and I differ. I, Zimmer I like, and Naquin came up and started off way better than any of these guys, and they cratered off the face of the earth. So I'm well, not, well, I'm not it, ready I'm to. I'm not going to disagree. Um, but if you give me the option oh. to Miles Straw, Phil Maton, I'm taking Phil Maton back. I don't, I don't see. see to I don't me, miss him at all. To me, Miles Straw is a platoon outfielder every fourth, fifth day. Like that's what he is to me. He's a bat eighth or ninth uh, in the lineup, and he's a platoon outfielder, defense replacement in the seventh inning, ninth inning. A, see, I don't miss him at runner. all. I don't miss him at all. I'd rather have. Would you rather have Phil Maton or Nick Sandlin? Well, I, don't, I and there's no doubt Sat- Sandlin is 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 the he worst is pitcher on on the team right he now. He is awful. Well, yeah. I mean, he might but be you the worst what, though, pitcher in AAA right I now. I mean, I can't tell you because I haven't seen Mayton pitch this year. All right, he had a I perfect even, inning yesterday. Uh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. I mean, right but, now you have no clue if. Nick Sandlin's going to throw a strike in the same zip code well, as Cuyahoga uh, County. He's not. He's not. The man's a mess. So how, if you and I can see that, how can't they? They do. Well, why do they keep pitching him then? There's no reason to keep him on this roster. Okay, Anthony, I'll go back to my, my, my statement that I make often. You have to have someone better. You have people better. You can't have a guy who has All right, 17 let me, let me... walks in... 18 innings. Like, you can't you, do but that. But you have anybody ready and better at the AAA level right now. Yes, you do. Who? Right now, there's Kirk McCarty. I'd take Tanner Tolley. I would take Connor Pilkington. Okay. Now, before we go any farther, because I don't have any information, as you know, in front of me. Mm-hmm. Which ones you just mentioned are on the 40-man roster? Right now, Kirk McCarty. That's the probably the one person that has a chance to come up. And Kirk and I put Connor Pilkington in that spot. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I, was I would just have Anthony mention, Castro. Here's here's the thing. You just mentioned something that I think can happen. What will probably is a possibility. I'm not saying will mm-hmm. happen. It's a possibility. Is when they do need to activate the next player. Mm-hmm. You know, when Reyes comes up. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be coming up. Probably the next within, seven yeah. days. Yeah. yeah, I think they said Monday. Monday. His last heard target date. So when Reyes gets activated, they have to make a move. Mm-hmm. If you send down Sandlin, which is absolutely fine with me. Yeah. All right. That means you, you right now still need a fifth starter. But Savali should be, back should be coming also, back yeah. about the same time. So you're going to make two moves. And off, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Let's just talk about it. You have to make two moves off your roster. If you send Sandlin down for Savali, mm-hmm. then you can at least attempt to move Pinkerton mm-hmm. to the bullpen yep. and see how and it adds a lefty to your bullpen, which, again, not a bad thing. No. Um, how they they react there. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see what happens. I also do believe that the Guardians need to take the gloves off some of the players that they have. They have kid gloves on ghosts. They have kid yes. gloves on a couple of these where they only play them whether they're up a five big, runs uh, yes, or trailing. Exactly. So exactly. Exactly. 
I think it's time now. It's time to take the kid gloves off. Yeah, exactly, and and let them learn on high levels. Pressure Santos, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's not. That is absolutely not Francona's style. No, it's not. No, and it's it never not. has no. been. We've seen this through the years. But are you asking me? Yes. I think we've seen that adjustment here in the last 10 days where we've seen Morgan now move more into back of the bullpen. The higher level situation. Yeah. And higher mm-hmm. level situations. And he's going to fail at mm-hmm. times. He's going to fail at times. But that's okay. He's also going to succeed probably yes. more times mm-hmm. than he fails. And that's, again, part of the job. And yet I can accept all those things as a an evaluator, as a fan, as mm-hmm. a person who wants to see them succeed. But I do believe that it's time to put a ghost in, yes. a, in, a, in yeah. a situation mm-hmm. where he needs to be. Now, like yesterday's game with, with, with Sadlin came in, I mean, the bottom line is kick can't throw strikes. No. no. That's the bottom line. Here's, here's, here's the absolute bottom line with any pitcher in the bullpen. Your first and foremost job is to come in and throw Coach a strike. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully mm-hmm. have an out pitch. Yes. Right now, he has neither. No, he does not. And that's, that's, that's the, the difference. Problem. That's the difference between like a Morgan and, and a Sadlin mm-hmm. right now. Morgan comes in and he throws strikes. Mm-hmm. And he has the changeup, and he has his fastball. Yep. And there's a big difference. A and huge difference, yes. He's able to set his, set players up. Is he going to be 100% successful? No one is. No. But he'll probably be more successful than he is than he's not. Yeah. And that's the key. He does a good job of, of spotting each pitch. When he needs to throw a pitch here, he's the, and the majority thing of the is, time he's going to You're throw going it there. to also need to understand how many times in a row you can go to certain players, how mm-hmm. many games in a row, uh, how many times they're going to say, you know, he's done. You know, as much as I don't want, as much as I could use him here, mm-hmm. I can't. I have to go to Ghost. I have to go Yeah, I have to go to what... De, De Los Santos. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's fine. And you start... I'll be quite honest with you, I, De Los Santos is a player who I'm intrigued by. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's... Um, at that at that level where you can count on him every game, no, but but he has enough talent that I think the more he gets exposed and mm-hmm. the more he has that opportunity, kind of like yesterday, yep. that he will get better and better. The last and it takes time the last for that week to happen. Or so they've started to take the training wheels off him and put him in yeah. the sixth, the seventh thing when the you game's tight. He's taken and see what, what he what, can do. What, what, he has done is kind of taken the spot where Morgan was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bridge, now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year, Sadlin pitched much better, mm-hmm. and he was in the back of the bullpen mm-hmm. more. He picked up that slack when they traded cared, yeah. When they traded Maton. Yeah. He was the guy they went do to. Do you think? Uh, this year, he just can't throw strikes. Do you think his inability to throw strikes is large because of his arm injury he had last year? I don't know. I think it's just. it's. Uh, or he's just all out of whack just, right now. Yeah, out of whack. I think here's a guy who really is a, maybe a combination of just needs a second recharge. Yeah. Meaning go down, some have have the Indians organization mm-hmm. work with him to yep. rework his, his delivery, well, he's rework. Got that funky arm yeah, the well, free quarter. Exactly. Well, they, we seen it yesterday in yesterday's game, in my eyes. And yesterday was the best he's pitched out of the last 
four or five. I think it was the same. Not saying much though. I'm saying I think it was about the same as every outing. He just happened to get out of the innings. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think there was anything different between this one and one where he gives up three runs. Yeah, they just swung at some pitches. Well, more not even that. He just. You know, he got a strikeout on a pitch that yep. was off the plate. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like you said, they swung at some pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got, you know, a couple fly balls that were run down in the gap. Yep. That's baseball. You're going to get your turn where, it, you know, it doesn't fall yeah. in. However, his problem is he overcompensates on every pitch. You're exactly right. And my, You're exactly when right. I watch him pitch, is one time it's inside, next time it's outside. Yeah. It's up high, it's down, down low. low. Yeah, there's no his in between. Slot, yeah, his release slot is completely out of whack. Yep, and it's difficult at the major league level for a young player mm-hmm. to make adjustments. Now, he's the perfect candidate, in my mind, to go down yep. as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's a numbers game. They don't have a lot of numbers right no. now. They don't have a lot of players available at the major league level, at least according to what they are evaluating the players. And I'm not saying, you know, McCarty can't come up. I think he was up here briefly earlier when we had COVID. Yeah, yeah he made a, uh, he made During a spot COVID start time. against Texas. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and again, I think those, those are kind of fun things to watch uh, to see how the player reacts. And I'm... I'm sure deep down what they're thinking is they would rather have him continue the season, as they yep. say, in mm-hmm. at the AAA yep. level. And, you know, maybe the second half of the season, maybe next year. Who knows? Yeah. But numbers will dictate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Check, uh, will he be back? I don't know. No. I don't know. You know, I, I know they started throwing again. We'll see. Yeah, and he's probably. Uh, I can't. We'll just have a couple months away yeah, from at least a mm, month because yeah. he hasn't, you know, he hasn't pitched again, almost a year. Yeah, yeah, well, he didn't have no training camp, no mm-hmm. nothing. So, how fast can he return? We'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where this organization's at the currently as it stands. However, like I said, in the last month, we've seen Gonzalez come up and add to the lineup, which has been fantastic. Now, the biggest problem with this team right now. Is it lacks power. Mm-hmm. It has power from two players. Yep. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And obviously Ramirez. Yep. And obviously Reyes when he's there. Yeah, I think it, when Reyes is healthy. And, I, and look, the first two months of the year, he did not look good at all. Um, but how much of that was because, you know, how much was that hamstring bothering him before they put him on the IL? Yeah, who knows. Yeah. If you got a hamstring injury and a big guy like that, that's all your power come from your legs. He, well, yeah. So, and I'm not making no, an no, excuse, you're not. You're not making an excuse. You're making an evaluation, which I totally understand. And I'm agreeing with you. He, he does have leg problems. Yeah. He, this mm-hmm. is n- this is his third season with the this organization. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, a very short season, he still had leg problems mm-hmm. in 60 game season with the Indians. Or with the with the Guardians, and now here he is this year. You know, last year had the same problem mm-hmm. where he missed about a month of action because yeah, of, a month, month and a half, yeah, yeah. And that's how long a, a quad, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that takes to heal. You know, when you have a uh, you know a shot, soft tissue mm-hmm. injury exactly. like that, you're, it takes a long time to heal, and to make sure 
you can play every day. And it's going to take time. I, I love to say, you know, I snap my fingers, he's going to come back, and, that, you know, by the end of the month, he's going to hit yeah. five home mm-hmm. runs the rest of this exactly. in June, and, and July, he'll, he'll back, he'll hit 15, and he'll yeah. we'll be back numbers of what we're expecting. It's possible, not probable, but it's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, right now, what I want from him is to be healthy and be my number four hitter and be a yes, productive. Exactly. Because right now, we don't, don't have, have a, a cleanup here. Nope, you're right. And you need somebody who can bat in Every front day, yep. of mm-hmm. Ramirez that they have to respect. Uh, Owen Miller has done a phenomenal job batting in the fourth spot. Yeah, when the he's guys not, have stepped up. Yeah. Well, he hasn't. He's not going to hit a home run. No. You know, he's not. No, he's gap to gap. He's done. At least he's is a bat they have to respect yeah. to a certain mm-hmm. level yeah. behind Ramirez. Gonzalez adds that secondary bat where they had to pitch to him because Gonzalez was hot. Mm-hmm. And the same, th- same thing. This is where adding a bat to your lineup is so big to adding runs. This team here, you know, I heard this last week while listening to a game when I was traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, And it was not that long ago, maybe three, four, f- maybe five games ago when uh, Hamilton was you know, obviously not stayed home not, is not making this west coast trip yeah he yeah he doesn't not, make west coast trips anymore. no he, no, he hates them and uh, we can talk about that a little bit the later. guy they got doing now have you heard the guy they got doing it now who is that with them? tim alcorn have you ever heard of him i want to say he was part of the the coaching uh, yeah, tree like at one time at AAA. yeah he yeah you know it's a voice it, exactly you know what though it actually is interesting because he does add yeah. more of an analyst. Exactly. Well, yeah. We, yeah. We'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. We'll get. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, what I was going to say is the what what it does it, it lengthens your lineup. Tim Alcorn, by the way, is the Cavaliers radio play-by-play guy. Okay. So he has He's radio, radio play-by-play guy, yeah. Okay, now I know who he is. Okay, I was thinking something totally different. I was thinking he was yeah. one of those mm-hmm. uh, guys who worked in the minor leagues. Yeah, like a Belcher or yeah, something like yeah, that, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and again, they'll probably rotate guys in and out. It makes total yeah. sense. It makes total sense. Uh, I thought he had more of a radio voice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he has an extra story. He's the radio play-by-play guy. Yes. His story is really interesting. He was... Uh, Kind of just like myself, I personally did yep. high school mm-hmm. games uh, in the Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, modeled himself after uh, Joe, Joe Tate. Tate yeah. What a shock! Yeah, yeah, shocker, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're behind the mic in Northeast Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, one of your in the last 50 years, there's no question mm-hmm. that you modeled yourself around Joe Tate and the way he handled things yep. and the way he t- you know presented a game, and that. Ultimately led him to the Cavaliers mm-hmm. job, yeah. and and obviously it was a great opportunity and phenomenal, uh, and and that um, mm-hmm. I thought there might he have sounded been a, familiar, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't listen mm-hmm. to the Cavaliers games that often, I just don't, yeah. Uh, but because they're on television more yep. often mm-hmm. than not, and the former TV guy, former radio guy, is now the TV, TV guy, guy, yeah, for the uh, for the Cavaliers. And he's really good too. Yeah, yeah, he is. They they. They've had some really good. Cleveland has quality broadcasting. Mm-hmm. They truly do. 
the only weakness in the broadcasting is on the radio side since, you know, Mike Hegan passed, passed away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They never replaced him. No. And whatever reasons, you know, that's between the organization and the mm-hmm. network and all that. I'm not you – know, I have my feelings on it. It's desperately missing a analyst-type oh, person yeah. who yeah, can, you, you don't But have you can't analysts. find more... players – you don't find too many retired players of stature that want to do well, it. Yeah. Who, yeah, they don't have to now because of the money they make today. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Even if you're, let's just say, a a middle infielder your mm-hmm. entire life. Yep. Well, you can spend 10, 12 years in the major leagues yep. if you're good and travel, and, and you may be one team for five to seven years, and then five, six years you're mm-hmm. traveling to wherever you need to be. Yep. And, you know, for a job. Well. You could probably knock out an 8 to 10, 12-year career, mm-hmm. and you're going to make enough money where you don't you have, have to, to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you love the game and you love the well, idea yeah. of broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there are those who go into that, uh, well, how, but not many today. Uh, for perfect example, you know, Rick Manning, he's 68, 69 years old. Mm-hmm. Played in the 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Had a wonderful Major league career meaning longevity. Yeah, I think he played 12, 12 seasons. Yeah, he was regular. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then he got into Broxton. Dwayne Kuyper, one of his mm-hmm. teammates, did the exact yeah. same thing. Really good. Um, and many others of that era did that. And but when he got into the nineties, the money's changed, and desires to be in the uh, to stay with the game mm-hmm. have changed. It changed, yeah. Uh, those are many of them going into coaching that want to stay mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. And that's where they end up being. Like, for example, if Sandy Alomar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy Alomar would be an excellent choice. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Because he's bilingual. Yes. And how, how interesting exactly. that could be. Exactly. If you had a player of that stature, you know, on everyday listening mm-hmm. to. Um but, yeah, the closest you get is Jensen Lewis, and he's well. And Jensen Lewis had a two, three year career. Yeah, he yeah. What, and his arm blew he out. He had a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, he really did. He had a cup of coffee. And yeah. uh, nothing against Jensen Lewis. Nothing against uh, the one that was before him uh, that coached up here in, in Warren for a while. Oh, um, um, I can see his face. Can't think of it. Jason uh, Stanford. Stanford. Yes. Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Co- yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a cup of coffee. Had a nice little run, but not mm-hmm. long. Exactly. And whatever the case may be, we can talk about the difference. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, but that's just the way the world works. Yep. Um, the radio broadcast misses someone for Hamilton yes. to work with. To balance off of right. yeah. and, and nothing against Rosie. Yeah. Oh, Rosie's fantastic. Yeah, he, I, yeah. I love Rose. I love Rosie. I, I really He's do. a good play-by-play guy. Yeah. But two play-by-play guys yeah, are difficult. Yeah, exactly. That'll bring me into, like, last year when Mark and I did games together. Yeah. Well, you know what? We had fun. We enjoyed it. It's but neither different. one of us were good at it as an it's analyst. Different. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, uh, it's funny, uh, getting off tangents like mm-hmm. we do. Not a surprise. Uh, I just got off the phone uh, earlier this week with Mark, and we were talking about the upcoming football season. And look. There's limited and that's oppor- only 60 days away. I know. There's limited opportunities nowadays. Mm-hmm. And BBW, where he used to work, primarily yeah. mm-hmm. be the play-by-play guy for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. is not 
producing right. games. Mm-hmm. The games are being produced through Western Reserve, Reserve Radio. Radio. Make matters even more. His partner was, of course, Jim Craven. Craven, mm-hmm. exactly. Jim Craven from Western Reserve. Well, what does Jim do? Jim moves over to play-by-play uh-huh. and starts doing Springfield games yes. a few years back, and that's what they're going to continue to do on mm-hmm. West Reserve. And then West Reserve 2, where I was with yep. with with uh, Matt, Matt mm-hmm. all those years, uh, kind of Matt was not available, mm-hmm. and, and Mark was looking for an opportunity, and we decided to mm-hmm. work together and, yep. and, and split it. Well, this year, we're still splitting it, but we're not – it's primarily Mark's job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark's going to do – uh, every game but one, really, as the play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to work with Mark on the first game of the year on a Thursday night in Niles, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon. No. Uh, and Mark will will have lead, but I will end up coming back in week seven to do the Harding and Borman game, which I absolutely, absolutely uh, thrilled about with Mark. Old-fashioned steel ballet. Well, yeah, it's the two. Schools that I have the closest relationship mm-hmm. with. Yep. Um, I worked in Warren for many years. Yep. Covered a, uh, the Raiders all those years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been, you know, I've always enjoyed yep. my time there. And I've always had an affinity for them. So can you give me a touchdown uh, Raiders? Raiders. Oh, yeah. man, that's uh, iconic. It is. And, you know. Obviously, JFK and and um, Warren, yeah. mm-hmm. and the and the Raiders and Warren, the, those are my my Trouble County schools, yep. you mm-hmm. know, in a sense, because I cover so many yeah. of their mm-hmm. games over the years. And um, not that I haven't done Holland mm-hmm. or Hubbard or yeah. whoever I have, but I did pro- because the radio station was in Warren. Warren yeah. And some we did more Warren station mm-hmm. games than we did the others. Uh, we did all throughout yep. Trumbull County, but between uh, you know Kennedy and Harding, Harding that mm-hmm. was probably eighty percent of the schedule. And then everybody else filled mm-hmm. in within that schedule because they're playing those schools. Um, and then of course living here in Boardman, going to school to Boardman, yep. always you know I've done. I, I, I've only done maybe 10 Bourbon games in my entire mm-hmm. years. I don't even keep track, as you know. Uh, but I, to do that one, I believe it's at Bourbon this year. Um, I believe so, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just thrilled. What will happen is I'm going to go over to West PA, like i always done, mm-hmm. and work with, uh, with the guys over there at uh, Lawrence County. And what a year we had. My gosh, that Anthony. booming over there. Lawrence County Sportsnet. Did over 120 broadcasts this school year between football, volleyball, girls basketball, boys basketball, basketball uh, track and field. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a couple other things that baseball we did. We did hockey. Yeah. We did it all, mm-hmm. and uh, we did baseball and softball. Um, we covered over 120. Games, mm-hmm. uh, over 100 video broadcasts. Uh, so it's just it's an, a different animal. It's an amazing, well, amazing production that was put together, and it's its first year, and it's just going to grow. And there's a financial backing there with guys who know what they're doing too. 
Well, I mean, you get yeah. guys who are passionate, and I'm not. No. And this isn't meant to be a no, shot. No, no, it's at anywhere else because what Jim has at Western Reserve Radio is phenomenal. It's booming. Yes, and he's doing a great job. He's got minor league football. He's got the Phantoms. He's got high school football. Absolutely, he's broadcasting. It is the best sports channel based in. The area. in in Northeast Ohio, yeah. hands down, you know, without a question, he's broadcasted and, playoff yeah. games yep. and state championship games, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know for sure, but if you go and look at the stats, he's probably his station's probably broadcasted more playoff games or and state championship games than. Any station in the state of Ohio outside right. the, the state-sponsored. Like know. I said, we produce it for radio stations. Yes, exactly. Uh, we've been on multiple radio stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1570, 1240, 600. Uh, and a station in New York, too. Yeah. Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. We were on in uh, yeah. Yeah. Eastern New York last yeah. year or a couple years ago for the Ursuline game. Yeah, uh, my, my whole point is um, – it's just a different animal. But my, what I was going to say is there's no question. When you're talking about if you're a sports fan, mm-hmm. Western Reserve Radio should be your number one go-to. Yes. Really should. I mean, you have sports map radio throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You have any local programming that, that may come about. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get all these local live sports. So uh, when you're talking about a sports radio, yes. even though it's, it is a internet-based well, yes. radio station – in Northeast Ohio, or especially in the Youngstown area, there is not a better radio station out there. Well, this area has a need for it because right. this area is is it it, it is sports driven. Well, yeah, and it's multi sport driven because we're so successful in a no lot of things. No one produces locally other than high school football games. Mm-hmm. All right, um, that's it. And when you're talking about a full twenty four hour a day programming. Yeah. West Reserve Radio has it. There's no question about it. It's it's it should be your go-to and they have national sports talk and they have local they have all the yep. local produced games. You mentioned you know the hockey mm-hmm. and the phantoms. They have the basketball, the baseball, whatever may be going on during the season. So it absolutely is a uh, a tremendous outlet and um, fortunate to be part of it and Yep. Well, like I said, Jim Craven's done a great job there. And Mark has been a big part of oh, that. Oh, Mark, Mark's been and, a, and everyone, a staple for every, years. All of us have. Uh, all of us have had that. So um, this you coming know, let year. Let me say this before. Yeah, go ahead. You know, since we get off on tangents and, um, you know, that's what we do here. You know, when I graduated college in or high school in 2009, so got 13 years ago now, um, you know, you're done with going to high school football games. You're, you move away, go to college, and you get busy doing something else. And, you know, you really just – it just doesn't become a big part of your life. It's like, man, you know. And then I moved back uh, to some reasons. Um, the first couple of years, Roy had no desire to go to a high school game. And then, you know, you stopped in one day and it's like, you know, let's start doing this. And it reestablishes your love, you know – for you that know, level of, being of sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's pure. You it know, it, 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 it's pure still. It's, you know, it's playing for the love of the game. And, you know, we had the privilege of covering, thanks to your dedication and mass dedication, everybody's dedication, 
the big schools. We covered the Hobans and the Ignatiuses, and we covered, you know, the Ursuline and Canfields, and we also covered the JFKs and the yes and the Springfields and you know McDonald's. We had some great games at every level, and it's just, um, you know, and then last year when I decided to do some family stuff, and you were so understanding, Marcus, so understanding of that. Uh, just to go to the Canfield games, and it's like you know what, this is, you know, this is, this is where it's yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You enjoy it. Yeah. You know, we live in a very great community. Oh God, yeah. That has a lot of young sports players. You know, both uh, boys and girls. girls. Yeah, they were fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They compete at the highest levels, and you know, it is fun to be able to bring that to an audience as yes. simple as that yep. and uh in lawrence county i've been very fortunate being part of newcastle basketball for the last five years and watching that program just be who they <sighs> are and what they do talk about athletes and coming out there. now to be part of lawrence county sports mm-hmm. and you know the logo the the not the logo but the saying is the county of champions Monica, because many yeah. of them, mm-hmm. many yeah. of them are. They've they've won the regional championship in the WPIL. They've gone on to state titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played for state titles. And congratulations again. I haven't had a chance to mention it to uh, Nishanik, mm-hmm. uh, both boys and girls, uh, boys baseball and girls softball, both playing for state titles this mm-hmm. week. Matter of fact, Nishanik played today and. A heartbreaker of losing one to nothing in extra innings to Everett. Uh, went nine innings. The previous game went nine innings to get to the championship game. I think they played a seventh inning. They mm. played a 12-inning yeah. game. Oh. Uh, it is an amazing amount of effort that went in to put them in that yes. position. And they didn't have their number one pitcher available because of the rules and the way yeah. it works. Um uh, Sebastian Corio is their number one. He pitched in the semis. And that's usually what happens. Yes, okay? mm-hmm. yes exactly. You, you throw your number one in your semis to get to. And the, that's what Bitter won a couple of times in the neighboring right, state. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And to get to the championship yep. game. Now, what mm-hmm. has happened is, which is really weird, is um, you only have. X amount to do with, meaning mm-hmm. you. They have a pitch count. Yes, exactly. And and seventy five. No, well, no combination pitch count. Let me. Okay. They had a hundred hundred pitches during the regular season, one hundred five during the postseason. Okay. For starting pitchers. Okay. Seventy five is the mark, meaning if you threw seventy five pitches, pitches you, you could come back on three days rest. Okay. And pitch again. Okay. If you pitch over 75, you you're can't not. come back. Okay. So the way the schedule was set up. So it's 105 is in the week? 105 okay. for a start. Okay. 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 But over 75, you're done for at least four days. So, okay. Um, the way the schedule worked out in the state, which is shame on them for yeah. doing it this way, is they had the semis on Monday, mm-hmm. they had the finals on Thursday. Okay. So. Yeah, you don't have the three the, mm-hmm. the reds day. Now, if the semis were on Friday, Friday or the finals were on Friday, then you'd have, you have your number one yep. available. And it goes across the board. I mean, the same thing would happen. So Everett, by the way, made the decision in the semis. And again, this is pure spe- 
yeah. is pure congratulations to them and what they chose to do mm -hmm. is they had their starter in the semis pitch 74 pitches, and they pulled him. Ah, okay. So he can come and back. He came back and was able to pitch today. Now, so when he came back today, his he, pitch count started at 75, no, right? No, one? one of, yep. Okay, yep. so he can – okay. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, but that was – again, you had Smart, to pull yeah. him. Well, it's strategy. I mean, yes it's or risky, no. It's risky, yeah. Uh, obviously, Nishanik uh, had no problem with it because yeah. it went nine innings, 0-0. Mm -hmm. zero, zero. Yep. So even without Corio, they were right mm -hmm. in this ball game. They had opportunities. They just couldn't get it across like any runs across the board. They ain't got to give credit to yeah. Everett. Well, you know, give them credit where credit's due. And they won the state title, won nothing. And it, but an amazing job. The girls' softball team plays tomorrow, or no? Yes, tomorrow mm -hmm. for the state title. And uh, they won the state title basketball uh, this year. So, Nevshanik, this season, made the WPIL playoffs in football. Uh, the girls' basketball team won the state title. The boys, I believe, made the WPIL playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, the b softball team is playing for a state title tomorrow. The boys' baseball team played for a state title today. Mm -hmm. So what we're rolling a, over What there. amazing season. What, what an amazing year, huh? school year, huh? What a school year. Yeah. Uh, so, congratulations, absolutely, to Well, Nishanik. that's a culture. You know, we it talk is. so much about it culture. And, and it's, that's a high school culture right there yeah. from, you know, the administration, the students, and right. you know, everybody buying in. And it also tells you that um, you can win in, in a public school. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I hear, exactly. I hear that a lot. But I'm tired of that. Uh, uh, I understand it. I'll say this. There's a legitimate... Concern. Oh, yeah. No, let me let me finish here. There's a in Pennsylvania the rules are a little different than Ohio, uh, and there are many players who jump from one to another, mm -hmm. and they have multiple transfers, so they have a lot of different okay. rules involved. Okay. Like for example, talking about Nishanik, their best player was ineligible for the playoffs, football or for for this past baseball okay. season. And because um, transfer, yeah, he transferred in during the season, uh, not during the season, but the school year. Mm -hmm. he started the school year that uh, because he transferred in, mm -hmm. he was ineligible post for post the postseason. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, you can challenge that and go to a hearing. Mm -hmm. Many of those challenges were upheld, meaning were overturned, yeah. mm -hmm. and the player was throughout mm -hmm. the year. Mm -hmm. The inconsistency of what players are you pick and choose, yeah, yeah, yeah. who who can <laughs> play and don't play in the postseason is the frustrating part. Yeah. I don't think it is done with the same um, velocity of what a shit. I, I think each case is not each case. Is yeah, different. yeah, each case is different, but I don't believe it's. Adjudicated properly, Probably, no, and that's and most of those and things that's the aren't. problem with the rule. Most like of those that. things aren't. Yeah. So, we'll just have to wait and see, and then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's one of those, um, you know. Anyways, he was un unavailable. Mm -hmm. So he, the last game of the regular season, he went to his head coach and Coach Corio mm -hmm. and told him. Um, 
hey, man, it's probably best that I don't play, that you go ahead and get used to me exactly, not being in a yeah. lineup. And he sat himself down for the last game of the regular season when Definitely he was available. True. Oh, it's leadership. That's a kid that yeah. can raise right, that understands it's bigger than himself. Exactly. And you know, they went to the hearing. It didn't happen for mm. them. But anyway, so their best player, their best everyday player was not available mm-hmm. throughout the playoffs, which is, you know, frustrating. Shame, they yeah. were actually pitching players this year. That never pitched th- that, Well, haven't pitched all season. They had pitched maybe in the previous years, but because of scenario, mm-hmm. never pitched this year. And in the WPIL championship game, they came up short. But they qualified for the state tournament, mm-hmm. and they made a run all the way to the state title game and came up just shy mm-hmm. of winning uh, the state title. So uh, congratulations again to Nishanik. Uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal school year. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to covering them uh, this fall when they, when the season begins again. So, yeah, that's a little off track of what we were talking about earlier. But, again, nothing unusual for us. Um, I you know, going back to uh, what I was talking about, uh, I was one day talking mm-hmm. about uh, Hamilton. Yeah. When we got off on his mm-hmm. broadcast thing. I'll go back to that. Yeah, believe it or not, here I am. Um, he mentioned right there, he goes, this is when they were just about five. I think they were just a couple games under 500 at mm-hmm. the time. So it was uh, like 23 and 25 at the time. He goes, Cleveland is averaging seven runs per game when they win. And when they lose, they're averaging two, two. runs yep. game. Tells you everything you need to know. It tells you that pitching has been there for the most part, even when it's not been your best pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when you have a player like Plankington on, you know, who who's starting in your starting rotation, yep. can't usually go five innings. Goes about four innings, mm-hmm. maybe three and a third, sometimes five innings. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to get you deep in a ball game. No, and that's why he's I think still he could pitching be a- well. He's still pitching mm-hmm. well. He's still contributing. He's doing everything you ask him to do. He's not necessarily seasoned no, to be ready, yet, no. ready to play at the next level yet. However, this is great experience. Mm-hmm. This is how you earn it in the major leagues. You don't get it overnight. Mm-hmm. Very seldom you see someone. You have to be a top-of-the-line pitcher mm-hmm. like a Bieber to come in and just start pitching great yep. from the very beginning. And he had his ups and downs. You're always going to have your bumps in the road. But, again, I think he's pitched very admirably for what has been asked of him. Yeah. He's He's done his job. He's done his job. He's taken the ball every fifth day. He's given his, you know, everything he can. You know, obviously, the defense behind him sometimes let him down. That's part of baseball. You move on. You get better. And they have. And, And that's where I look at this team. I mean, like I said, there's two positions that are available. And when you look at first base is mm-hmm. taken, we know it's Nadler's. Second base, we know it's, it's basically Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Shortstop, we know it basically is R- Rosario. Rosario. Yeah. Third base, obviously, is Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Left field, we have a rotation. Center field, you have mm-hmm. Straw. Right, right field, field is- you have a kind of a rotation. Yep. But for the most part, that's the thing. Here's the problem when you look at that lineup, uh, when you're talking about offensively. Your outfield has no power. None. None. And you need. You need power. Uh, you need a corner outfield guy to come and get right. your 20, 25 you, you home need, runs. Yeah. You, need, you need an RBI power hitter there. Exactly. And you yes, don't you have do. one. Yes, you do. And will Gonzalez get there? It's possible. It's very possible. Uh, maybe not this season, 
No, probably not. Maybe not next season, but he has the potential to get there. I love his bat. I love his speed. You I know like what? His size. You don't recognize on TV how tall exactly. and his size is. Exactly. Matter of fact, you know, I was watching him last week at bat when he was kind of running during his hot streak. Mm-hmm. Batting from the right side. Mm-hmm. And seeing a guy who's 6'4", and, you know, not crouching, but bending his knees mm-hmm. at the plate, holding the bat the way he did, mm-hmm. it wasn't a 100% replica of it, but it reminded me of a Dave Winfield stance. Okay. And the way the ball jumped off of Winfield's bat. I've now, I'm not saying he's going to be Dave Winfield. Winfield yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he had characteristics that made me think of that. To me, the thing that impresses me is, you know, and I don't know why I went to this comparison, um, but he has a similar body build to Andy Diaz when he was here. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing that they did with Diaz was they tried to make him a power hitter. And that's not who he is. He's going to be right. a gap-to-gap guy. Right. And when he Started to try to hit for more power. It just didn't work out. That's why they made the move for other reasons also. But um, Tito said this week, you know, we're we're going to let the home runs come if they come. We're not going to change his swing right now. Right. Um, you don't realize how big Oscar Gonzalez is until you see him in person. I've seen him play a couple games in person. Yeah. Um, and he's standing next to somebody. Yeah, or... and it's like, yeah. and he stood next to Quan, and it's like, yeah. have you ever see Happy Gilmore? Yeah. And yeah. he goes up to that guy, and he goes, Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's exactly it. And he's got a cannon on him, too. Gonzalez has made some nice well, throws uh, in right again, field. Of all the players that have come up in the last two years, you know, and you get to see on a more daily basis, mm-hmm. as an everyday player in the outfield, he's the guy who kind of intrigues you the most. Yeah. He's the most, again, same with Reyes. When they traded for Reyes, you yeah, exactly. knew you were getting a power exactly. hitter. You knew you were getting a big guy who played the outfield and and, and, and you know, obviously became a DH here. But mm-hmm. my point is, when he was in San Diego, he was an outfielder. Let so. me ask you this. Yeah. Because I've had a couple people tell me this, and I disagree with this take. Uh, I think it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Um, do you think that... Um, I've had a couple people tell me, get Reyes back, get him healthy, and trade him at the deadline. And I disagree with that 100%. Well, again, I will say this way. There's no need just to trade him to trade him. Exactly. Okay. There's no need. It all depends on, for example, what are you getting in, in return, return? Yeah. And how, how, like, for example, let me, this is not the case. And I'm gonna since we're gonna play fantasy land, yeah. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was gonna get uh, Miller back in his prime, like when we got him, yeah, for Ray is straight mm-hmm. up, yes. Well, yes, I well, would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. We, when we traded who? When we got Andrew Miller, and we gave away Frazier and all those oh, yeah. guys. Yeah, but you only had to give up one player, and it would be Reyes. Mm-hmm. I would do it because I'm getting. A premium back end of the bullpen yeah. who's one of the best ever mm-hmm. in his prime. When in 2016, 2017, Andrew Miller was absolutely. He was filthy. Yeah. Yeah. And even 2018, 
You were, you know, but those two seasons, mm-hmm. he was absolutely ridiculous for the, for this organization. So, yeah, if you're going to give me a player of that caliber, yes. If you're going to give me a player. Like a prospect or so? Oh, well, yeah, you can't do it. You just can't do it. Yeah, I disagree with You're not, you know, I, I'm not trading any player for just because, oh, I don't like him. Yeah, I'm I not moving a player re- because, oh, he doesn't fit. He stinks. Well, if he stinks, do you think another team's going to take him? I disagree with the whole knee-jerk reaction. Let's trade him because, look, you know, your brother knows, I know, the people in the pool know, Freeman Reyes this year when he's been at bat, he's been overmatched. But it brings me back to my point, how long, and we don't know this, we're never going to know this, and understandably so, how long before he went on the IL was his hamstring bothering him? Because... I know if I try to play base, look, yeah. with a guy that size, he's a mammoth human being. Yes. All his power, when you watch him swing, comes from his lower body. If Most you have a bum hamstring, you're going to overcompensate. Your mechanics going to get out of whack. He's not that overmatched because when he stays on the baseball, all you got to do is flick his wrist, and it's going 400 feet. Right. That's why I'm saying, like you said, let's get him back. Fully there, healthy. There are, there are different category of players. All right. And Ramirez mm-hmm. is a lot like some other players that have come through this organization in the past. Mm-hmm. And see ball, hit ball. Yes. Okay. Manny Ramirez was see ball, hit oh, ball. Oh, yes, he was. Carlos Baerga was see ball, ball, hit ball. ball. That's just Albert Bell? No. No? No, no. He was a power hitter. He was a thoughtful Productive power hitter who knew how to work counts, and that brings me to something else. And and that's another type of hitter. Jim mm-hmm. Co- Tomey was a thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a power hitter. He was swing and miss, and mm-hmm. he knew that. Yep. But he also knew the strike zone, and he took his walks. And you know, there's just different type of hitters in this world, and there's you can't compare. There are people with a beautiful swing, and you're going to find those, mm-hmm. and they have them, and. There are productive hitters, meaning that they understand. Ellis Burks was a productive yes. hitter. Mm-hmm. Ellis Burks knew how to work a count and drive a ball. And sometimes it went out of the park. Sometimes, sometimes it went in the gap. Yeah. Sometimes it was a hard single. Sometimes it was an infield hit. My he point took what is, you gave him. Yeah, but he was productive yes. the entire time. Uh, another player who was always like that, you know, there's many of them mm-hmm. over the years. Hall of Fame players are that way. Um, there's just so much that you can do. Me, there's just, I mean, my point is baseball is so full of so many different type of players, mm-hmm. but you can categorize them in certain levels. Look, and, and Ramirez, as you mentioned, is a power hitter through his legs. He's not going to, he's going to play hard. Mm-hmm. He's not going to track down any ball in the outfield. He's too big. Yeah. But can he get to it? Yes. Can he make a play? Yes. Can and he, this- can he make the, the routine play? Yes. Now, the question is, no matter who you're talking about, do they do it often enough to make your team better? Mm-hmm. And when they're young, they're prone to make mistakes. For example, uh, Rosario, as much as I love the guy's bat, I know ahead of time that he's going to make errors. Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't expect 20 errors. No. But I he know, got Tim Anderson bad defensively. No, but uh, you know but he's, he's going to make, make yes. some errors. All right. Uh, but when he gets hot, like he is now, and a you wake up out of bed and it's two or three hits every day, 
then yeah. you can live a little bit with that. Players are going to go up and down. Let know? me ask you this, and I think you and I are in the same wavelength. Um, we were pre um, during the lockout and pre start of the season. In my opinion, I would stick Framil Race in the outfield once a week. Oh, yeah, I think you have no choice because exactly. of the, I think you need to because you need to rotate players. And you need you, him for back. For example, for example, if you can give Ramirez a half day off and put I am at DH mm-hmm. and Reyes goes out to the outfield mm-hmm. that day, like a day game like today, yep. makes total sense. Yep. Um, if you can get uh, so Clement in a game because mm-hmm. you need to get him playing time. I'm not saying he's a great player, but you need to make sure he's sharp and is able to play. And he can play third base, not his natural position. So there's times where he's going to play third base and Ramirez mm-hmm. is going to DH yep. like the last, like last night. night. Yep. Okay. You're going to not necessarily have your best nine out there every night just because you can't do that Mm-mm. in baseball. No, however, gives you a good glove. How, you can trust his glove. It is what it is. He's not great. He's not horrible. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. He's the best. Yeah. He's, but again, is third base his best position? No. However, Defensively, it might be. I don't think it is. I think it's his worst position. He's pretty damn good defensively at third base. I don't think he's that good at all. Oh, I yeah, think the, he's average. The pl- best. Oh, no. Clement? Yeah. No, yes. No. The plays he's made defensively at third base, uh, there's been a lot he, here. He, his problem is making the throw to first base. Yeah, but Jose throws a lot of balls. It doesn't matter. But what, my point is, Clement at third base it, is better defense it, than Jose Ramirez. Oh no. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Clement has made some no. plays that have made me go, okay. No. Last year he made two plays against Jose Altuve in the same game. No. Going away from the bag down the third base line no. and threw and got him. Yes. No. He did. I sat there in section one sixty nine. Just saw because it. you make a good play once in a while does not but make you a great player. No. Uh, I'm not saying he's a great player, but he's a really good defensive I think he fits his role, and there are times when you're – I mean, we have multiple shortstops, so he never really has to play short. But he's going to play second, third, and outfield, and that's basically what you're asking him to do. And he's done a decent job at that. Uh, Owen Miller can play first. He can play outfield. Owen Miller probably could play second base if he needed him to. Um, Mm. He does against – Against righties when Jimenez uh, yeah. gets the day off, yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, you're gonna you need guys who can be versatile, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And Sooner no or later, and I mean, this is obviously not... Hernandez is probably quite honest with you the most surprising and and most exciting player that the this organization has right now that plays on an everyday basis because he brings a bat that. A, I think most of us did not recognize no, it was no. available. No, and that was his. And when he came over from the Mets, he had a reputation of a decent bat. He well, no, his glove was ahead. Well, of his, his bat, glove has always been ahead of his bat. His bat has been. But you got to remember, he also stole shortstop's job from Rosario yeah. because of his bat. Yeah. Well, no, it, his glove it, was really good. But his bat was but not there. Yet. Rosario was having a bad year at the plate. In yeah, that sixty game yeah, season. He, he two fifty, two sixty. Yeah, for for New York, he was having a bad year, and that's when Hernandez Art came in and stole that job from him. Then they got traded over here, and it kind of flipped. And then the second half of the season, Hernandez 
yeah, he showed, played much better showed, last when he showed came back. his bat yeah. and his ability. And now, you know, obviously second base shortstop is his mm-hmm. between those two positions. Rosario is basically a shortstop who can play some of the outfield. And when you put him out there, you know you're not getting an outfielder. No, you're going to have to have uh, some Thompson, uh, some Pepsis ready to go. Yeah, and it's just it is what it is. You're asking a player to play a foreign position. It's going to – who's not – he's athletic, but it's not necessarily that player. Okay. Um, is he the best defensive? No. We've, we've already seen that. I mean – We've seen Marcardo drop a routine fly ball last night. These are the things that are going to hurt this team. Is the, the simple play that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that. I don't care, you know, who you are. You can't well, drop. Two plays you can't week, drop a routine well, the play fly, fly ball. Well, they played this week against Oakland when Naylor had the ball at first base and couldn't make the, the, like it, the throw to second. Even though natural position is first base, mm-hmm. he played coming up at the major league level, more outfield than yeah. he did mm-hmm. first base with San Diego and Boston, with yeah. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He's learning the position defensively. He still makes mistakes. Doesn't mean he's horrible. He means he's learning how to make better decisions, hopefully, as the season progresses. Because he has to learn when when to take the simple out, when mm-hmm. to get the lead yeah, runner, exactly. When not to be greedy, exactly. And those are, that's experience. Not many people have that IQ to start with. They learn that IQ. They learn it as they get more experience, and they move from different from position to position. Now that he's solidified himself, right now as our first baseman, mm-hmm. he's not going to play right field very often. Yeah, he's going. If he's ever again this year. Right. For the most part, mm-hmm. he's our first baseman. That's why Miller has to you know, move into the outfield. Well, Miller's never played the outfield yet this right. year. Right. But, again, it's mm-hmm. something that you have to think about. Again. Um, Miller's probably, I think, that's, right, he's now, right now. That's why he's DHing. I mean, Miller's probably your first baseman against lefties to give Naylor a day off because Naylor struggles against lefties. Oh, yeah, well. I mean, again, these are the situations that will be coming up. We'll, we'll find out exactly how they are. We're going to have a pinch, and not this year, probably next year. You got Rosario, Jimenez, and Miller, and Clement, four well, guys that play the middle infield yeah, positions. There'll be changes. There'll be changes. You know, and there's more coming up. And that's just the way this organization is designed. They've designed themselves. The idea of getting an athlete to play up the middle mm-hmm. and then filling out positions mm-hmm. elsewhere. It has worked in the past. It probably is a safe bet to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they got Arias coming up. We we just have to wait and see. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's going to be a great player. Because I don't know. He may yeah, not be. He, I think he probably will be a quality player. Yeah, and he's uh, getting slow because of the broken hand. Um, well, again, Tyler yeah. Freeman is a guy we're going to see here probably – Late August, early September. Again, a lot of moves can be made. We don't know what moves will be. It's very well possible, and I'm not saying it needs to happen, but maybe there's a trade for a starting pitcher or a a right fielder or a left fielder, and Freeman's part of that trade. We don't Mm -hmm. know. Okay. Or Rosario's doubt. We we don't know. Yeah. Any of that's possible. We'll just have to wait and see how how how. It all transpires. We can speculate all we want. 
but we don't know who they're targeting. That's what I keep telling everybody. And this is why I'll go back to my, my simple thought. That's fine that you want to replace this player. Today, tell me who you're going to replace him with. That's the key. Now you're going to say, oh, I'm going to trade him. Okay, fine. Who are you going to get in return? Who are you targeting? What is it going to cost you to get that player? I mean, these are the questions that ha- that need to be answered. Uh, and I have no problem saying, I don't think this player is playing to his capacity or his ability and he's hurting our lineup. I agree with that. I'm not going to disagree with you. You want to talk about Hedges bat? Yeah, I agree. He's he, It's lackluster to be kind. Who are you going to replace him with? All right. Maley. Maley's batting 213. Yeah, he's... Oh, who do you have to replace? Nobody. Him? Nobody. So what, you don't so have tell, anybody for two more years. Well, right as of today, mm-hmm. as of right now, who do you replace those players with? And, and that's probably that's, where that's what that's what I that's what I keep coming back to. See, and, see, in, in, as much as you may get frustrated with this player at that position today, and I understand the frustration. Who you were to replace them today with? Not who you want to replace them tomorrow with from another organization. Who you want to replace them today with? And that's what I'm asking. And then, you know, you have to go from there. I'm not saying, and I, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, two places you can upgrade this lineup through trades. It's either in the catcher or in the outfield position right now. Those are the two positions yeah. right now that if you've got yourself a legitimate bat at either position, mm-hmm. you've upgraded your, your, yeah. your lineup. And that's the key. Uh, who will they be and what will it cost you? I don't know. But are they going to make a move at catcher when they got Naylor coming up in a year or so? It all depends on who and what the cost is. It could be a short-term fix. It could be a long-term fix. Again, if you get yourself a Hall of Fame type player who could be here, for, who wants to be here for the next ten years, and he's your catcher, then yeah, you're not worried about Naylor. You'll you'll deal with him when he gets ready, mm-hmm. when he makes it here. Okay, you'll deal with that down the line. I, I understand that, but they don't want to block guys. Well, as they're, again, as they're phrasing this it, year. We're not going to block if, guys. If you here's here's the truth of the matter is you're not blocking a, a soul. If you have player A who's becomes a all star player and he's available and you put him and you can put him for the next five years at that position, you have oh, a need to. Do I that. know that. Okay, it doesn't matter who's behind you. I mean, you'll find a way. He becomes a valuable chip. Maybe he's your backup for that player for two years and then takes over. Who knows? Maybe you trade the player that you just traded for down the line. My, there's so many different potential possibilities. Uh, we'll just don't. We you just gotta wait and see how it all transpires. Um, Incarcerate. Carcione, when he came here, they signed him to the three-year contract. He was your DH. He played a little first mm-hmm. base. When they decided that he was too expensive, mm-hmm. they traded him. They got Santana in return. But, yeah. Okay, they made a couple moves in that, and they ended up with a player a little less expensive, but could play first base, mm-hmm. uh, filled in the need and all that. So when they signed him, did they want his 40 home runs Absolutely. a year? Absolutely. And they got it. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't disappoint. He may bat at only 230 mm-hmm. every year, which was disappointing because he thought we were going to get about a 260, yep. 270 hitter. But he was on the down part of his career, meaning he still could hit the home runs and drive in RBIs, but he never batted at 250 no, again. No, no, no. He just didn't do it, and even when he was with the White Sox, even when he was uh, you know, with the Yankees. Uh, that's just who he was as that part of his career. There was a decline. Was there still power? Was there still RBIs? Absolutely. So you make evaluations. If you can upgrade a position today, you do it. And you deal with what's necessary in the future. I agree with that. And I think that's exactly what they would do. I don't think so. They have in the past, Anthony. Yeah, but they've come out and said this year they're not going to trade for guys to block guys. Well, not when they got a platform. That's a PR move. You, if, if a player becomes available that you truly believe that makes your team that much better and, and, and under the new playoff format makes you a playoff team, you're gonna, you're gonna, no matter what position, you're going to go get them. If he makes, I would do sure, it. If they make, yeah. And but I don't, I, I don't think yes, they would do they, it. Yes, they would. They've done it in the past. I don't think they'd do it this year. If it was, if they truly believe that was a missing ingredient, let, let's just use the catcher as a, for example. I don't know who that catcher mm-hmm. is. We're just saying catcher A yeah. and catcher B, okay? If that player is available and they truly believe he can make a difference to this team this season, I think they make the move. I don't. And they deal with it as they go forward. And like they've done with other players. And that's how you handle it. Because you're playing in 2022. You're not gonna, you, you have an eye on the future. But you're not worried about it today when you're trying to win today. If this team, let's just say, stays in the level it's playing right now. And we're going to get a, a huge challenge playing the oh, Dodgers yeah. coming up. Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, yeah. Twins eight times. Yeah. And uh, the weakest team there is the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, I mean, are they doing what they need to do? They're beating up teams they're supposed yeah. to beat. Mm-hmm. This, this is how you win games in baseball. And like, you know, I, I want a, a simple math game. 81 and 81 is 500. Mm-hmm. All right. You take nine losses and turn them into wins. You have 90 wins. All right. That's nine games over six months. That you potentially lose if you were 81 and 81. Mm-hmm. It's 90. If you end, end up able to become a team, be, through either a trades and improvements mm-hmm. and maybe a little luck along mm-hmm. the way, you add another f- six games to that win total. That's 95 wins. Or you have five wins. That's 95 wins. 95 wins, you're a top tier team. Mm hmm. That's the difference between how, I mean, mathematically speaking, easier said than done. But that's where it's at. So it's like a 250 hitter. You get one hit more a week, you become a 300 hitter. It's not inconceivable. It's finding a way to getting it done. This team here is a few games over 500. What, 52, 53 games into the season? 58, yeah. 58 mm-hmm. games into the season. I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm, I think they're playing where they need to be. Now, as you mentioned, there's going to be ebbs and flows through a game. How they handle the, these, this 
winning three games in Colorado is huge because they need to win those three yes. games. Now, against the Dodgers, against the Yankees, mm-hmm. against Boston, eight games, ser- series coming up. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, four and four, you're thrilled. You're you have- thrilled. You're absolutely thrilled. Next and if you actually go three and five, you're not disappointed. Your next six If games. you go two and six, you're concerned. If you go one and seven, eh. If you go zero oh and eight, yeah, that's that's an ugly, Your ugly time. Your next six games, you get, you get the Twins eight times starting next Tuesday to the rest of the month. You get your next six games with a dot at Los Angeles, at Minnesota, and then you go right into Boston. Yeah. Who, like you said, playing better, but you're the weakest, and I use air quotes, the weakest team of that group that mm-hmm. we have to play the rest of the month. Look, right now, the Yankees are playing out of their minds. Yes, and I think... And, uh, will that continue? We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but they're playing out of their they're mind. Playing they're playing really well. They're, they're, they just have it all clicking. They're staying healthy, too, and that's the big well, thing for them. Yeah, and that's every team. Mm-hmm. You, if you can stay healthy, you're going to become a much better team. And the key for a team like Cleveland is, A, they need to get healthy. They need to continue to play good baseball. And they have to, A, continue to improve. They have to challenge themselves. The yeah. challenge is in front of them. It's coming we, up. We will, next night. week, when we get back together to talk mm-hmm. about this, we'll be able to grade them. Yeah. Now, it is we're going to grade them on a short member of this season of mm-hmm. eight games. It, it could tell you about the future. It may not tell you anything. But these next eight games, we're going to see how well they compete. Are they in every game? That matters. Yes. Did the bullpen fail? That matters. Did the starting pitching fail? That matters. Well, these are all questions, and these are all you turn around. Did the starting pitching succeed? Did the bullpen succeed? Did someone come up big at the bat that he didn't expect? Did someone, you know, did Reyes return and, and contribute right away? You know, did he go 0 for 15 when he first come back? These are things we don't know. These are all unknowns. Mm-hmm. We will find out, and we'll be able to grade them and make an evaluation on what they're doing. Uh, but as of today, where they're at as the season progresses, you gotta be pretty happy. Mm. I don't yep. think it's uh, you could be disappointed where they're at today. No, no, you can't. And, and they're gonna like, be games they they're gonna lose that they should have won. They're gonna win a few that they probably could have lost. That's baseball. And the know, key is, the key is, can they play five hundred or better ball against the entire league? And the chances are, you do that against if. Uh, this next eight game stretch, you're going to be a decent team. If you come out of here four and four, I'm going to be really happy. If you come out with a winning record, I'll be ecstatic. You come out three and five, I'll be okay with that. I will be simply fine with that. Now, do I want to lose 19 to three in one of those games? No. No, God, no. But it can happen. It's not the end of the world if it does, as long as you don't lose every long, other game after that. As long as you don't become the Cubs losing 13 to five, 13, you know. Well, that's my point. That's what we're going to find out. This is what you're going to find out. You're playing some of the top teams in baseball. Exactly. And you're going to find out how you stack up and where your weaknesses are. That's what this organization needs right now. It needs to be challenged. 
and it needs to be challenged from the top to the bottom. And that means those in charge in the front office. That means the coaching staff. That means Francona. That means all the players, both the pitching, the bullpen, and the starters. They can't leave batters on. They can't rely on the sense of being the big two out. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's exactly. That gotten exactly. Good, and, and hopefully it continues. Exactly. Because it, that's part it, of baseball. You have to be. But you can't you get rely on that. You get three outs again every inning. So if you can produce with two outs, fantastic. You produce with zero outs, fantastic. No matter when you produce, just produce. Just produce. Just produce, the, yeah. The bottom line is you have runners in scoring position, get them home. Exactly. And, you know, I don't care if the runner's at third base, if he scores on a wild pitch or a pass ball. Just get I don't home. care if he scores on an error, you know, a base hit, a home run. The bottom line is I want them to score. Exactly. Get and, home. And let's let's put it on a really perspective, an even perspective here. They average seven runs per ball game when they, they win. win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what to look for in my eyes. I'm not worried about hitting seven. Obviously, if you can get no. seven, you're going to win a lot of games. Oh, yeah. you should. Chances are you're you going to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four runs. Four, four plus. Runs. From this next eight games, how many times do they score four plus runs? And how many times do they win? When they score four plus runs. Right. Or now if they lose six, four Eight of those games, that's frustrating because yes. that means your pitching lets you down. Your pitching falter, yeah. But if you win four games and you win two six to four games and you win four to two games, mm-hmm. that means your pitching outlasted theirs. They, you did a great job defensively. You didn't, you didn't make errors. You didn't give them easy runs. Uh, you know, that's where it's going to keep. Four-plus runs. That's where the key going in the next eight games. And that's the same with the pitching. Uh, Four-plus runs. How often do they give up four-plus runs? That's what you're looking at. To me, that will tell you the story of how well they're playing. Yeah, we're going to find out who they are the rest of this month. Yeah. Starting tomorrow until yeah. June 30th, we're going to find out a lot about this team. All right, Anthony. That's about all we got. Um, I got to say this. It's it's good to be back in our studio on the, on the back porch. Yes, it is. It is uh, a nice uh, afternoon. Uh, got to do it a little early. Had a little rain shower early. So. Thankfully for Mother Nature, cooled yeah. off a little bit. Yeah, hopefully it will stay. Wish you all a very safe and happy holiday season as we get progress through the, this summer here. Uh, Father's Day is coming up this weekend. Yeah, and uh, just to note, and I don't know the last time this has happened. You'd have to go back. I don't know uh-huh. where to go back. The last time this franchise has won three straight games on three straight double plays, they just won today's game on double play. <laughs> well, there's good and bad on that. Here's the good news. You're winning the games. Exactly. You're, you're turning double plays when you need them. Those are really good things. And the last but year we've bo- not been able to turn here, them. So. Well, uh, I, but my, most importantly. My, my concern here you're getting is guys on too getting many guys, guys on, on base in the ninth and inning. The, and the thing that concerns me, too, is, you know, you go back real quick um, to Classe, who might be, you know, he's a worry. Uh, like you mentioned, he's a worry. Well, let me put it this way. He's not what I would call your classic closer. No. Mm-mm. In the sense that he can get a strikeout when he needs it. And he can shut up. Like, for example, when we had... Cody Anderson and yep. and we had Miller. They both could strike out. Big strikeouts when they needed them. Mm-hmm. 
Now, they also gave up some home runs and stuff like that, just like any pitcher does. Class A is going to give up his classic home run because mm-hmm. of how hard he throws. Yeah. That's going to happen. Uh, the problem with I have with Class A, and it's not a problem. My concern is it's a concern is that he's hittable. Oh he, yes, he, oh, they yes. make contact against him. Now sometimes it's weak contact, which is fantastic, and it's ground balls and they're outs. Like we saw on, on Monday night with a ball yeah. back to him, and thankfully Blackman didn't yeah. know what to and do. And those but, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Those are outs. There's outs are outs. Exactly. So on that level, it's good. Uh, my my biggest thing is. Like, prior to the injury to Karinchek, Karinchek was able to strike out players. Yes. Second half of the season, different story. We'll talk about that another day. But I want a closer who can bear down. Give and me get a strikeout yeah, when you need a strikeout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because exactly. he's not always going to come in with the bases empty. Nope. Mm-mm. And there are times where getting a pop-up or a strikeout is a huge part exactly. of the game. And... They're able, even though he throws 100 miles per hour, able to make contact with his mm-hmm. with his pitches. He's gotten better. Yeah. And he's going to, I think, has a chance to continue to improve. But my biggest concern with him is that. He's hittable. Yeah. People make yeah, contact exactly. with his pitches. And that, in a style of baseball we play today is concerning for your clothes. Extremely concerning. Extremely concerning. But again, he's, he's the getting least the job of, done. He's getting you gotta give credit where credit's exactly, due. He's getting it he's getting the, the job done. The thing that counts is a one under the S V column on the stat sheet and that's all that matters. Yeah. Closing out a game. Yeah. Did he did you win the game he appeared in? Did he have the lead or was it tied and were, did you have the you opportunity know what he to reminds win the game? me of if you were to, since we're 78 days away from football season, he is the, if you could put a picture, an example, under a phrase, under Brian Kelly's winning is hard, get ready, LSU fans, because that's going to be nauseating this year to listen to. If you could get a picture of winning is hard, Emmanuel Clause is your guy. It may not always be easy. But he wins. He gets that. He gets that save. Again, you, if you, it's just a, it's like a roller coaster at Cedar Point. Exactly, it's going to be a ride. My biggest concern is that they make contact. Yeah, they make contact against him. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see more swing and misses, even exactly. though they made contact, that's the. I see a lot of foul balls. Yeah, and I see a lot of contact. Yeah, and I don't see swing and misses. Swing and miss, no, and that's the difference between him and some other closes. Probably needs uh, one more pitch, I think, to go at the slider and the cutter. That or just more movement out mm-hmm. of those two. More strike one and more movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a. I mean, obviously, Rivera is the ultimate yeah, cutter, yeah. and you're not going to get that where he has such great control and movement where, you know, he people make he contact, freak, but they'd yeah. be ground balls, and, the, and there weren't mm-hmm. too many home runs against the guy, and there were flares that fell in. Uh, the thing is, like I said, swing and misses. 
if we get down and you can find the stats, I'd like to find out his rate of swing and misses. I could probably dig that up on baseball savant. Yeah. Oh, they're, I'm sure they, they have it all. And they break everything down. Uh, contact, how hard? Uh, let's just say every 25 pitches he throws, how many pitches are that are swung on that make contact and how many are swung and missed? Use 25 pitches. That's probably what an inning. What do you think it most. is? You know, I don't know, but I bet you it's, it's probably I bet you it's three quarters of his pitches. I would imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you. And maybe that's of normal. 25 and swings. And again, you have to compare it to the rest of the league. Yeah. And find out how normal that is for closers. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't. And, and I want to be fair. But what when I watch him pitch, I it's see. It's a lot of contact. I see contact. Yeah. I don't see a lot of swing He's and misses. He's a Cal Quantrill type closer. He's not going to strike you out. Which, again. It's fine. Outs are you outs. Got, outs are outs. You got defenders behind you. But, but like you said, when you're coming in the game, not always clean slate and you need a strikeout, he's right. not really the guy. Obviously, as we're throwing strikes as a bullpen pitcher is so valuable. It's huge. That you cannot. How do you make a living? How, do you, how does a Brian Shaw stay in the league as long as he does? He throws strikes. He may get hit. He may give up hits. But for the most part, he comes in and he throws strikes. That's how you make a living in, in the major leagues as a reliever. You throw strikes. You give yourself an opportunity to get outs. Um, some, every pitcher is different. Just so we were talking about hitters. Some pitchers are better pitching to contact and getting yeah. outs. And yeah. he may be that pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's really weird to see a guy who could throw 100 miles per hour be a contact have, guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because when we traded con- for him, that wasn't the guy that we thought. But I never seen him pitch. Yeah. I didn't see him pitch until he became an Indian. I don't remember him with Texas. I don't remember facing him. I think we faced him once in September a couple years, in 19. Do you remember that outing? I've watched most of all the games. Do you remember the outing, though? You may have seen it. Do you remember I remember it? most of the games, yeah. See, the truth of the matter is, until he became, I mean, he spent the first, first season suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go from, I mean, last year was the first year mm-hmm. we had to see him. He may grow, and there may be that opportunity. He may develop that. It's going to take time. But right now, my biggest concern with him is the amount of contact he has. And we'll go, and- f- we'll see. We'll see how it develops. He's been successful. Why? Knock on a guy being exactly. successful. It's more nitpicking, I, so to speak. Yeah, it um, is, and I will. But see. you always don't want one, two guys on in the ninth inning every time or every other game. You want it because against the you Yankees, want clean against innings. the Dodgers, against innings. the Twins, yeah. you're you're gonna have to get the question the swing is, miss. look at his strikeout to walk ratio. Look at his strikeout to hit ratio. Meaning, how many hits mm-hmm. has he given up in? You know, how many hits per inning? Okay, like if he's thrown 15 innings this year, mm-hmm. how many hits has he given up? Claus State this year, coming into today, he has thrown 27 in the third innings. He's walked four, four guys. So his walk ratio is fantastic. Mm-hmm. How many hits has he given up in his 27 innings? Give me 30 seconds. Yeah, no problem. We can edit this. I'm not sure I will. I'll just fill the gap. Where is he at? Where is, where is, 
Or is Emmanuel Adams? Come on. But that's that's what we're looking for. See, that's what I'm talking about. 27 in the third innings, 29 strikeouts. Okay. He has given up. That's a strikeout in an inning, so you can't really complain there. He's given up 20 hits and 27 and a third. All right. 20 hits and 27 innings. Mm-hmm. He's walked four. So mm-hmm. that's 24. Walk, walk four, one intentional walk. So five. Uh, okay. He's walked five, mm-hmm. even if it's intentional. Yeah. That's five. Five batters have reached to the walk. 20 have reached on a base hit. So that's 25 runners that have reached against him in 27 innings. Mm-hmm. That's a concern. Yes, a it closer. is, sir. Yes, it is. That's he has a he has a 200 average against and a a whip of 0.88. Okay, so the whip is pretty interesting. Yes, uh, but again, I'm going to break it down to what I was talking about: his contact rate. We're we're seeing it. He's getting the strikeouts, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one per inning is, is is a good rate. I don't really expect a higher rate than that. Anything better than that is fantastic. All right. So he's doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him credit there. Where I'm concerned is the 20 hits and 27 yeah, me innings. Too. Me too. All right. And then if we really get into the statistical analysis mm-hmm. of it all. How many are multiple hits in an inning? Mm-hmm. And he's pitching one inning a game. Mm-hmm. So that's where you have to, again, get into all the 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 true evaluation of a player. Uh, I watch it on TV, and I evaluate that. I see mm-hmm. contact, mm-hmm. and I don't see a lot of strikeouts. Well, the strikeouts are there, so I'm not. I'm missing on that. I give them credit where mm-hmm. credit's due. And, but the contact is there. And again, 27 innings at four walks. That's averaging a, a little over one walk per nine innings. Yeah, that's not terrible. No, it's not terrible at all. Not terrible at all. Uh, and as for a reliever, that's great. And and that's that's the key. So, he's doing his job. He's getting his job done. And if he continues to grow, that's just, again, something to be um, applauded. All right, Anthony. We'll, we'll do it again here next week, and we'll, we'll have an evaluation of the, of the, the Dodgers series yeah, and everything it's gonna else. Yeah, it's going to be a big on. one. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, they 32 and 27. Yeah, they won four in a row. Yeah, four in a row. And they, they went to Colorado where they have not won. In 20 and, years, yeah. yeah. And they won three. Every year is a new year. But they, they did something this year they haven't done in a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's Sweeping on the road no matter who you play. Is, I, is, and, I don't care. I'll take it every time. On a West Coast road trip, you're 3-0. and You're guaranteed yeah. to come home 500 on a West Coast road trip. That's all you can ask. Yeah, if you... If you go 500 on a West Coast road trip, you know. And, and now you get to challenge yourself. Yeah, you we'll get, see how we, good we, you are. We get, we get a benchmark. We'll find out. We'll see how good you are. Yeah, exactly. The next eight games, we're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, you're going to have a lot of fun the next, uh, from uh, June 17th. Uh, it's Major League Baseball. It, it's, yeah. never, it's never easy. It really isn't. All right. For Anthony, I am Tim. Remember to check us out on the internet at RadioMVP.com. Give us a rating and review wherever you may download this podcast. And remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies. For Anthony, I am Tim. We'll talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP.